Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode. And this one is a really interesting dual episode because I'm Jenny Bellinger. I am the badass direct sales mastery, direct sales dom, uh, helping you whip your business into shape. And this is also Anna Green with Direct Selling Success. Anna, say hello. 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 I'm Anna and I'm Direct Selling Success. Absolutely. So uh, Direct Selling Success is a podcast based out of the UK. And my podcast is based out of the US. And we found each other and we were like, we should interview each other and then just go put the same episode on our podcast. So, you know, both of our listen our, our listening audience. So my badass crew, I don't know if your if your audience has named themselves yet. Oh, no, no. Well, probably just yeah, direct sellers. Okay. There we go. Nothing overly exciting over this end. <laughs> oh, eventually they'll just become green fans or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll name themselves. It'll happen. I'm sure they will. Yeah, absolutely. So we wanted to give this opportunity because I one thing I've learned about podcasting in, in all the years that I've been doing it is that podcast listeners treat podcasts like potato chips. You can't mm-hmm. have just one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they love listening to lots of different podcasts. And so I wanted to introduce my audience to Anna and Anna wanted to introduce me to her audience. So here we go. So Anna, yeah. let's start with you. What's your history in direct selling and how did you get to where you are today? Oh, well, back in 2005. Well, I'm, I'm a military wife. Ex, well, ex-military wife. He's finished the military now. Uh, so we were touring the country. I'd had little ones, little children, and in the UK, I don't know what it's like in America, but you you do two years in one place, move on, two Mm -hmm. years in another place, pregnant, looking for a job. People know you're in the military. They don't want to give you the chance. Or they didn't back in the day. Right. Because they knew that you weren't going to stay around. So I needed to find something that fit around hubby's life, my life, kids. Yeah, childcare costs and fell into direct selling. I'd seen somebody on a stall at a local village hall selling these things. And I thought, do you know what? I could do that and signed up and never looked. Absolutely loved it. Mm. Um, worked my way up, um, talked to people in the local area. This was before social media became a thing, really. Talked to people, met people, did events, did parties, the old party plan style. And built up an audience, built a team, won the holidays, got the bonuses, reached the top of the company. And four years ago, one of my friends over a bottle of wine said, you know what, you need to be teaching more people to do what you've done. So I went, oh, not sure, I don't know. Why would anybody buy that? You know, self-doubt kicks in. And somebody else said it as well at a business networking meeting. I was like, do you know what? It's a sign. I'm going to do it. And I did it, um, set up Direct Selling Success, 
and I have helped thousands of people in the UK and dotted around the world um, to grow and scale a business from you know not having anything, not really knowing what to do, not liking the way they've been taught to to some amazing achievements in the business, which is, you know, it's, it's just a, such a great feeling. Such yeah. a great feeling. Yeah. So what about you? Oh, What's well. your background? <laughs> Interesting. We have very similar backgrounds. I, <laughs> I grew up in the U.S. military. I, now, I was not married to a military person. But yes, I grew up my whole life moving every two to three years for that. But as a once I hit adulthood, my first job was to be a teacher. So I was a teacher for a while, but I took some time off when I had my first child because I did not have children so that other people could raise them. I wanted to be able to raise my own kids. And when I thought about going back into teaching, that was 2010, which what I've learned is the the recession that was hitting in the U.S. Mm-hmm. was hitting around the world, too. Really? Um, and so the the schools that I was trying to apply to get a job at, even to teach part time, you know, I was like, I'll, I'll go back as a teacher's assistant or something. They just didn't have money. And so I went on 18 different interviews in 2010 and kept hearing no over and over and over again. Took a little bit longer for me to to get the, the word from the universe. <laughs> and uh, I... That's when direct sales showed up in my life. So I got an invitation in my mailbox, like back when you used to actually get an invitation in your mailbox, you know, not just a, a, an evite in your in your inbox, but I actually got a physical paper invitation to go to an event. My sister-in-law was uh, getting started with a, a party plan jewelry company here in the area, um, over here in the States. And so I thought, well, I'll just go, I'll buy a necklace, I'll help her get started, it'll be fine. And I walked out of that event with a business, could not turn it down, could not say no. I was like, oh, universe wasn't letting me go to school because I'm supposed to go here, (laughs) is what's supposed to happen. So very similar to what you said, you know, I built my business. This was, I mean, Facebook was around, but nobody was really doing business on Facebook. It was still like, what I call the wild, wild west of social media. So, you know, a lot of us were going, I'm not going to, I will not post about my business on social media. That's gross. And so, you know, we were doing our best not to do it. But at the same point, everybody was on social media. So we were starting, you know, I was, I was one of the, I was one of the cowgirls out there (laughs) doing it right, doing it wrong. Like, Facebook pops up my memories all the time and shows me all the things I was doing wrong on social media 13 years ago. <laughs> so oh, it's not just you. I'm mine are the same. Oh, all of us. Right. So yeah. yeah, during during the time that I was in the business, I was seven years with that jewelry party playing company. And during that time, earned nine incentive, ter- very similar to what you said. I earned the trips, I earned the cars, I earned the bonuses, you know, built the team, got the trophies, walked the stage, all of those kinds of things. And so it's, you know, my transition from being active in the business to being a coach happened when I was at a regional rally, um, you know, in one of those hotel conference rooms where you can fit like 100, 150 people in the room. And I realized that, you know, I started looking around the room and I realized like five of us had been in the room six years before. Like literally the same exact room. It was the same hotel six years later. And I went, what's different? Why is why is it that six of us are still here 
and those other hundred ish women. Where where'd they go? What happened? What's what's the difference? What makes, you know, us and I'm putting air quotes around this for those of you who cannot see me. <laughs> what makes us successful, right? You know, what what kept us around? What's what's different, right? What happened with that? And my my other question was, is this just something that's true for this company? Or is this an industry-wide issue of 90, 95% turnover? And turns out it's industry-wide. And I was like, well, that's really sad because, you know, as you know, every one of us who buys that kit, who enrolls in a company, we have a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Associated with that. And I was sick of seeing women walk away from their dream, quitting on themselves, quitting on their dream because they didn't have the right support. They didn't have the right knowledge. They, they, you know, they just, they didn't have the things that somehow I did, you know? And so I thought, well, what if I became that person, you know, especially for people? So what I've found is I end up, because my history and my company was my sister-in-law who brought me into the business left the business about six months after I got in. Life happened then, you know, as it sometimes does. And so I basically became a direct sales orphan. You know, I didn't have a leader above me because, well, I did. And luckily I had a good relationship with her, but my sponsor was gone now. So I rolled up to my leader, which luckily we had a good relationship. She's a fantastic leader. She still to this day is very successful in direct sales um, over here in the States. But not everybody has that. Most people who get orphaned don't have a leader anymore and they don't have anybody at home office to go to and they don't have any like they and they just don't know what to do. And so that's who I found that I've really connected with are those people who their leader disappeared for one reason or another, you know, so that's what I do now. So now I'm coaching and training and helping people and using my podcast to to share the knowledge because I knowledge is free. Knowledge should be free, right? It's the everything else that people want if they need help, if they need account, you know, good accountability. Yeah. That's when they can come to us, right? As yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. how did you transition from your business into the coaching and training and what got you to start the podcast specifically? Oh, well, what got me into this? So my friends obviously started pestering me (laughs) and this was 2019. So before lockdown, Mm. I thought, you know what? I can do this. I can go and run team trainings for people up and down the country because the UK is quite small. (laughs) You can go up and down either side of it in a day. It's not, you know, not massive, no, no big flights or anything like that. So... And I thought, well, I can do that. I can do one-to-ones in person with people who need that extra little bit. I had a big network of people through social media, through local connections with collaborations that we'd done in the past. I had people asking me to help them. Mm. And I just started off that way, just just a little by little. And then lockdown happened. <laughs> I couldn't go out anywhere. Like, well, right, this all has to go online. How can I, with my knowledge of how to sell online, how to do parties online because that was a big thing in lockdown 
um, doing the parties through Zoom and through Facebook Lives. I'd done all that already. It's, it was how I built 50% of my business once Facebook became a thing where you'd sell stuff on. So I, I just did that. And, and it just transitioned from me going one-to-one coaching to having the Success Lounge membership where I could help more people, get that accountability in that community, which was missing somehow in lockdown. Because the teams, you know, they didn't meet up the same. Everybody started to spread out. Yeah. It wasn't like regional as such anymore. It was just more, you could recruit anywhere. So I became that place where people could come and they could get that support and have that leader that they never had or Mm. that leadership that they wanted extra support from. Yeah. And it, it just... It just became something more. So I, I put on a course every now and again. You know, people would say, oh, I need help with recruiting. I'm just not recruiting the amount of people I want. So I'd put on a recruiting course. And, oh, we really need help with growing our customer base. Right, let's put on a grow your customer base challenge or, oh, social media. Nobody's engaging on my stuff. Right, let's do an engagement challenge and got, got people what they needed and mm-hmm. the support that they wanted and that community support structure that that is I don't know is it is it something with the way that we've we've developed over the past few years where that community spirit is going from team yeah. is that just something I'm experiencing I, I think I think it's happening all over honestly the I think the COVID shifted the way people interact with one another. Yeah. And I'm seeing this happen, not just in direct sales, but in the networking organization that I'm a part of that's, you know, it's a global networking organization, but they all have local chapters. And the time that we all spent on Zoom really had a lot of us disconnected and forgetting how to connect truly with other people. And so I think we're all having to relearn those connection strategies, how to do that in person, how to how to bring that back. Um, yeah. You know, so it's is it possible to build a business online? Is it possible to build a completely, you know, social media marketing one? Yes. Is it likely? Not so much. <laughs> no, <laughs> because there's because there is no accountability in that. Right. It's you know, in order to build a completely online business, you have to have a massive audience, massive audience, right? To be able to just put out a link and say, go buy my stuff and enough people go buy your stuff, right? Like that, that social media influencer piece is what everybody wants, but very few are going to actually do the work that it takes to, to gain a massive audience like that. You know, yeah. and it's something that I think is is shifting in the business. And, you know, I'm working with a lot of teams now to try and get them to doing in-person things again. Yeah. You know, and for those leaders who have now, of course, here in the U.S., <laughs> you cannot go across the U.S. in one day unless you're on a plane. Um, you know, so the the team leaders who have these massive groups that are spread all over the US you know maybe they've got a team and like i i know one leader i i work with who's she's got team in 26 different states you know so she can't be in all of those states all the time so she does have 
online trainings for them and online events for them. And she does connect with them online as much as she can. But then she's also traveling to 25 other states where she doesn't live (laughs) throughout the course of the year so that she can be in front of them at least once a year and maybe twice a year if they go when they go to convention and can all be in one place at the same time. But it things really are shifting, I think, due to COVID and, and people are now having to shift back out and relearn how to be around other people again in person. Yeah. For sure. And I, I think they're having to relearn an entire business as well. So many people yeah. have come in since lockdown because that massive spike we had in lockdown. Oh, yeah. All those people have never done anything but sell on social media and just social media. Right. And they've been taught a very specific way, which is that whole, right, you've got an audience. Everybody's online and wanting to buy. Just spam on with your stuff. That doesn't oh. work anymore. Mm-mm. It doesn't work anymore. It might have done in lockdown with your audience who were just doing nothing else but being on social media. But nowadays, they need that community online. Even yeah. if you don't want to go offline, you've got to build the community online. And like you say, it takes time. Yeah, it really does. It takes time and, and effort and intentionality, right? Yeah. It's it's something that that most people don't know enough about in how to create, curate, and and grow a community, yeah. not just not just a group of people, but truly a community of people who are connected and enjoy one another. And yeah. you know, that that's a whole other way of being in the world of business online. So I think it's I mean, that's that you're, you're right. That is the holy grail now of, yeah. of, of businesses is to is to really be able to to do that. So learning those types of things, how to do how to do it, what to do, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a part of business for sure. And I think but certainly getting out there in front of other people and being with people again, you know, mm-hmm. in person, I think it's. I think we're getting to a point where it's almost virtually impossible to not do business offline. Yeah. yeah. You know, if if you want to be successful, you've got to be doing both. Yes. Have online for, you know, your customers and people who are not local to you, but then also having a local in-person business is, I think, almost pretty much necessary to be running a two-pronged approach to a to a business these days. Yes, definitely. I've been saying for months and months and months, years now, that it needs to be blended. It it just mm-hmm. needs to be that blended online and offline. To be, if you want to be, you know, mega successful, like right. mega, if you want to, you know, be successful and just do, you know, a little bit of a side to yourself, then yeah, stay online. But if you want to be big, yeah. It's gotta it's gotta be blended. Right. Absolutely. And and that's one thing. This is something I, my listeners are used to hearing me say. So, you know, I'm your listeners might find this good, too. For those who want the side hustle, great. Continue doing it. Talk about it like a side hustle. Do all of that. But if you want something that is more than a side hustle or a side gig, as we sometimes call it here in the States, mm-hmm. You can't be treating it like a side gig. You can't talk about it. You can't tell people this is my side gig. No, this is your business. Treat it like a business. If you were opening a shoe store, you wouldn't call it your side hustle. So why would you do that to your direct selling business or your direct sales business? You shouldn't. If you want this to to 
be the answer to your dreams, you've got to treat it that way. That that's yeah. what this is. And you go after it no matter what. You know, and yeah, I think that absolutely. was the and that's what I finally figured out was the difference between those six ladies and I who were in the room and those who weren't was we kept going after it. Yeah, absolutely. And and that was the difference between me and all those people who gave up, you know, years down the line. I was still going. They'd mm-hmm. gone, they'd given up, or they'd got to they'd got to a point where, you know, they'd, they'd reached leadership level and they'd go, yes, I've done it, and then just stopped. So what you know, <laughs> it's a business. You need to keep doing the same things that got you to that point. Yes. Now you're at that point. You need to keep going. And yeah, yeah I, I think stickability is a word that we use over here a lot. Completely mm. made up word. <laughs> stickability. That's what I had. And that's what I've still got now. Yeah. And it's obviously what you've got and all those other successful people. Right. It, I think it's it's something that the difference, the big difference between those who stick around and those who don't. Yes, it's the stickability, but it's the commitment to being stuck. Yeah stickable right? yeah <laughs> it's the commitment to be to being persistent and consistent yeah. in your business you know so one of the one of the things that i i did very early on in my business like literally in the first week of my business was sat down and had a conversation with my husband and said look i'm doing this for at least a year i'm not allowed to give up because i i know myself because i also have adhd for for your listeners who are not aware my my listeners all know that <laughs> That is part of who I am. Um, But one thing I know about my ADHD is that if it's not easy, it's very easy for me to give up on something. You know, I'll I'll just, nope, that's fine. Move on because ADD, we just pivot, pivot, (laughs) you know, all the time. And so the commitment I made to myself and my business, because I was like, this is a business and I'm not going to learn how to do a business in 12 weeks. I'm not going to learn how to do a business in 90 days. I'm not going to learn how to do a business in six months. You know, I, I just knew that to, to do this as a true business, not as a hobby, because hobbies cost you money. Businesses make you money. Okay. There's a difference. So if you're, if your quote unquote business is costing you money, you're treating it like a hobby because it's costing you money. That's how you know the difference. But it was that commitment. And and then my ask of him was, please do not, you know, recommend that I quit in less than a year. Please support me for at least a year in this and cheer me on and help me. And he said, okay, what what do you need me to do? You know, and that I think is what really helped was I I made the commitment, got the buy-in from my spouse, which not everybody does. And Unfortunately, some people are never going to get their buy-in from their spouse. No. And yet there's others who still persist and still survive and still do their business anyway. So yeah. how about you? What do you think may help make you stickable, you know, and from the business, from the beginning? I don't like to fail. <laughs> well, here's what I will say. And I follow things to the letter. So I'm probably the entire opposite of a ADHD. So I will sit down and I will read the instructions. And I will follow them to the letter. And I mean to the letter. So when we started, we got given a a consultant manual. Good, you know, few inches thick Mm -hmm. that we had to read through. I read through every single page. Uh, Then there was um, a program where you could do your first three months and achieve stuff. 
Okay. Like I said, I'm not one to fail. And if somebody puts an incentive on, I am there. That is what I am going for, whether it's a toilet roll, whether it's a toothbrush. I remember winning a cake tin with our company logo printed on it because I couldn't not win it. Right. So I went for the, the freebies and I followed the instructions. So in the instruction book right at the beginning, it said, go and talk to some people and go and get six parties. It said, get them within your first three weeks. So you have two the first week, two the second week, two the third week. So I was like, right, I can do that. So I just went and talked to people. And I didn't stop until I booked the six parties. And then it said, you know, keep doing the same thing. So I kept doing the same thing. I followed the rule book. Right. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> and what I couldn't understand for a very long time was why other people didn't do the same. I just... Because of the way my brain works, I just right. used to think everybody's the same as me. What you've got these instructions? Why are you not following them? Because it tells you what to do. Yeah. But obviously, there's vital bits missing, like how do you get six party bookings or how do you get your first crew? They don't tell you that bit. <laughs> but I made that bit up. You know, I was like, this is what it's told me to do, so I'm going to go and do it. Trial and error. I don't fail at stuff. This is what I'm going to do, mm. and I just did it. And Looking back at it now and realizing and knowing what I know now that everybody's brains don't work the same. <laughs> and I am quite unique in the fact that, you know, if somebody tells me to do something, I'll go and do it. Hence, you know, you asked earlier on about the podcast. My business coach said, Why have you not started a podcast? You need to start a podcast. So I went, All right then, and started a podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's something that somebody's told me to do because it works. Therefore, mm -hmm. I'm going to follow the instructions and go and do it. Oh. Um, yeah, it's it's a bizarre brain is mine. <laughs> yeah, well, especially in the world of entrepreneurship and network marketing, right? And direct yeah. sales, right? Direct selling. Uh, because I've I've been doing a, a process called Deeper Than Disc. So I don't know if you're familiar with the disc um yeah. behavioral assessment. So yeah. I'm trained I'm I'm trained and certified in doing those assessments with people. And one of the things that I have seen come up time and time and time again in the disc assessments that I have run, and I've done hundreds of them now, hundreds, hundreds of them now <laughs> um, with clients and with, with other people. And all the ones who are in direct selling and direct sales, a vast majority of them are low C on the disc because disc is D-I-S-C and C stands for compliant, right? And so how compliant are those people to other people's processes? And if you're a low C, you are not compliant to other people's processes. So oh, it sounds interesting. Like, yeah. So it sounds like you, Anna, are the one of the rares, because you're not wrong, <laughs> one of the rare people who who is highly compliant. So if if a process yeah. is laid out before you and it's a good process, you're gonna do it and you're gonna follow it to the letter. And then there's those of us, says the girl with purple hair and tattoos. So those of you in, in Anna's audience who don't know what I look like, I have purple hair and tattoos. I am not compliant to other people's processes. But what's interesting is when it came to business, I recognize I don't know what I'm doing. And this was the one place where when I started with my direct selling business, where I was very compliant. Because interestingly enough, so my company had a, a thin manual, but then we had a DVD so you could watch and see how to do a party. So you could, so that way 
literally you got a business in a box. If your leader disappeared off the face of the earth, you had everything you needed in that box to start your business. And I watched that DVD every single week for six weeks because I was like, the first time I watched it, I was like overwhelmed with all the information of how to, how, how do you do a party and how do you do this and how do you do this? It was all the information. I was like, there's no way I retained that. So I watched it again the second week, still kind of overwhelmed. Third week, watched it again. Oh, I get what they're doing now. Fourth week. Ooh, I didn't see that before. I don't remember hearing that before because I was so overwhelmed with all the information the first three times I watched it that I missed those things, you know? So that being compliant piece was super important. And, you know, I was... I was really sad when the company got rid of the DVD. And I was like, what, what do you mean you're getting rid of the DVD? What, that, that's how I got successful at parties was I watched that, you know, it was cheesy. It was a training video. So it was cheesy. Just like when you get your first job at McDonald's or Burger King or the grocery store and they make you sit and watch those training videos. Yes, it's cheesy, but it it's still educational and it's important to learn those things. So. Yeah. I I find that very interesting that both you and I ended up being very, <laughs> very good rule followers yes. in this, you know, but I will tell you in my coaching business, I have not been super compliant. <laughs> you know, one of the downsides of this for non-compliant people is the fact that we, we end up spending a lot of time reinventing the wheel. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah, and yeah. so what what I have found works with my clients who are low compliant like I am is we try we we go look at the process and we go, OK, now how do we take the process and make it yours? Because the companies give you like a skeleton process. Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't give you every single thing of what to, like what to say and how, how do you find these people? They just like here, go do this. And it's the bare bones. So you have to add the flesh, you have to add the the muscles and the skin and the, like all the things that make it your process. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's where I come in with, with my clients and my mm. audience on my social media. That's the bit that I fill in mm. because so many people aren't capable of doing that. They just, it's like, but how? But, you know, <laughs> but how? And this is where all this copy and paste stuff comes in that everybody seems to be throwing around is because somebody's done it that way and it's really easy to to -hmm. repeat whereas actually it just doesn't work because it's not you and it's not personal and it's it doesn't get anything across about your personality or your business or your passion and that bit's the bit that's missing and yeah yeah, that's that's my mission is to fill in the bits (laughs) oh i love it Yes. yes exactly and Man, all the people who need people like us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, it's interesting because I've had a number of people say, wait, you'll, you invite other direct sales coaches on your show? Yes. Well, yeah. Yes, because yeah. she does things or he does things differently than I do. And I'm not for everybody and everybody's not for me, right? Oh, absolutely. You absolutely. Know? And you and I do things differently. So it's great. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and we talk in the same talk, and I think that's really important because to be able to change this industry, like my mission for everybody in my world knows, is to change that face of the direct sale industry from that one that is 
icky and gets bad press and all that because it doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to do it that way. Yeah. There is another way which brings joy to everybody in your world and you that doesn't mm. get you all the rejection and the blocks and the, you know, people walking on the other side of the street. So actually, the, the more people who I can talk to that have that same message, the more it reiterates that message across the board. So yeah, I think sharing in this way is an absolutely fantastic thing to do with other direct selling coaches. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. So speaking of, so if you are listening to this because you're part of my audience, the Badass Crew, and you're looking for more information, more, more, because I know that my people who are attracted to be a part of my crew, they are lifelong learners. They want to learn more. They want to, they want to do more. Where can they find the Direct Selling Success podcast? Oh, Direct Selling Success Network Marketing Done Right across mm. all the usual places. Yeah. So and, wherever yeah, you're absolutely. listening, yeah, wherever you're listening to this, if you're part of the Badass Crew, you can find Direct Selling Success anywhere else. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And same for my guys. If you are listening to this and you want to find Jenny, Badass Direct Sales Mastery on all the podcast platforms. Yeah. Everywhere. Literally. Yeah. And and if they want to, um, they can go to badassdirectsalesmastery.com. That's my website. And if they click on the podcast, they can go find their favorite podcast app and it'll automatically, like, like I've got a button on my page that they can click and go do that. Or just go to your favorite app, search for Badass Direct Sales Mastery. You can't miss me. My cover art's purple. I'm wearing a corset. I'm the direct sales dom. No, I don't actually whip anybody. I just whip businesses into shape. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't even dig into that fun part of this conversation, but... <laughs> Oh next my time next time yeah we'll have that conversation again next time so thank you so much for being here Anna. i think this is the beginning of a really beautiful collaboration between the two of us oh absolutely and i reckon we should do one in person <gasps> yes i want to come brilliant. to the U i want to come to the uk I, yeah, i've never right. been to the uk I've, I've only been to paris that's the only place in europe i've been so time oh, for me to come oh, to the uk well, nicer than Paris. <laughs> Sorry, any French people watching. <laughs> I, I'd be surprised if I have any French listeners. I've never had anything <laughs> pop up in France, but that's because I only do it in English. So unless <laughs> unless they want to listen yeah. in English, which that's not my experience. So anyway, but Anna, I'm going to let you go. We're going to let our listeners get on to finding the other person's podcast. Yes. So that way we can make sure that we are helping them get all the information that they need. So this has been fantabulous. I cannot wait to continue working with you. This is awesome. So, and yes, working together in person, we should make that. <laughs> we should make that happen. <laughs> Absolutely. So I don't know how you sign off, but I'm going to sign off for my badass crew and then we'll let you do that. So badass crew, you know how this goes. Stay tuned because there's another badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.